Today on City Cash Chicago, we're going to get into our discussion about the importance of public pools in Chicago. But first, yesterday's mass shooting in North Suburban Highland Park. On a day that we came together to celebrate community and freedom, we're instead mourning the loss, the tragic loss of life and struggling with the terror that was brought upon us. So we heard the howitzer-like gunshots. People thought for about five seconds that it was fireworks until people started screaming, bodies down, bodies down, and then everyone started running. And one gentleman told me that he estimated that he heard up to 20, 2-0, 20 gunshots. And let me tell you that the last time I heard a weapon with that capacity firing that rapidly on the 4th of July was Iraq. It was not the United States of America. The age range ranged from about eight years old was our youngest patient uh, up to 85 years old. Uh, anybody with any video surveillance is strongly encouraged to contact the Highland Park Police Department uh, so we can take a look at that and it can be useful in our investigation. A shooter killed six people and more than two dozen people were injured in a 4th of July parade. Highland Park Police said they have a suspect in custody. continue to follow the story throughout the week. The Chicago Park District is scheduled to finally open 37 of the city's 77 pools today. Now, the pools were expected to open back in June, but the date was pushed because parks officials say they're short more than 380 lifeguards of what was budgeted for this year. Come on. The pools are a city resource we all should have access to, a place to escape the July heat, to hang with friends, and just somewhere to go during the day. Our friend and Chicago historian Sherman Della Thomas knows this well. My boy was a junior lifeguard at Foster Park Pool growing up at Auburn Gresham. Dylan tells us why the pools are so necessary, especially for kids who seem to have fewer and fewer places to go. It's Tuesday, July 5th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is City Cash Chicago. Dilla, welcome back to City Cash Chicago. I'm always happy to be here, brother Jacoby. Uh, in May, you went to sign up for swimming at Foster Park because your doctor said it'd be good for you. Uh, when you got there, what were you told? Oh, man, you're you bringing up bad memories. <laughs> I got to uh, Foster Park bright and early, too, man. Seven in the morning, mm -hmm. went online, looked at the schedule, tried to register myself for the schedule. And I uh, could not do it online. So I said, man, I'm going to go up there, uh, get my swim stuff and everything. And I got there, and they wouldn't accept my payment, uh, nor would they let me swim because they said this is going to be the last week uh, that the pool is open, and we can't charge you for the summer lap session because the pools aren't going to be open because after Memorial Day, all of the lifeguards have to report to the beaches. Are you, is that your like neighborhood yeah, pool? Absolutely. Is that a pool you used to go into? Oh man, I grew up in Foster Park. I was a junior lifeguard there. Man, I was a lifeguard for uh, 10 summers, man. Oh, you Jay Z for real holding it down 10 summers. <laughs> but my, my mom's no longer here, so it's not necessarily snitching on her. But yeah, she made me a fake birth certificate <laughs> the second I, I told her that I could pass the <laughs> swim test. And uh, yeah, <laughs> man, I went down there and and was working for the park district, man, 10 summers here. I'm going to need you to take me down memory lane. What do you remember about that process? Like, how did you get to being a lifeguard? 
So my mother was a swimmer, and I guess the I, so because of that, I wasn't afraid of the pool. But that's just where kids went on a hot day, right? And like everybody else, man, I was in a three foot pool. And in my particular case, I was always a tall person. I'm six foot five, so even as a kid, I was tall. And I was like the tallest dude at three feet, and all the <laughs> all the shorter people could go to six feet, go to eight feet, and all that. So their lifeguard, their name Bill. And uh, my cousin and I asked him, could he teach us to swim? He told us to come the next day. And I started taking swim lessons, use a kickboard. I took swim lessons at Foster Park, and I learned how to swim. And uh, like any good coach, um, he recruited us, even though we was terrible, to be on the Foster Park swim team <laughs> and to be on the uh, junior lifeguard team. Man, how important was that park for, for just you and your homies? If you grew up on the south and west sides of Chicago, north side too, um, whether you are actively in a gang or not, there, there's going to be some loose associations if you take your butt outside, right? Just the neighborhood that you live in is associated with one thing. And so uh, when you leave that neighborhood, if people find out you're from that neighborhood, you get you get tied into that association. And so I say all that to say uh, there's been times where I know I would have been with a group of friends, whether I'm involved or not, and their car got shot up or this or that or the third, but I was at the pool. Right, learning how to retrieve a brick from ten feet, right? Or that sounds like some Navy SEAL shit. <laughs> oh, so that's that's the thing to be a lifeguard. Uh, you got to swim eight laps, which is uh, three hundred yards. You got to swim eight laps uh, in three minutes and thirty seconds. You have to swim twenty five yards underwater without coming up for, for a breath, and you have to retrieve a brick from the bottom of uh, Whitney Young's fourteen foot pool. And then there's some, uh, like, you got to do some breaks and holds, right? So if an active drowning victim is drowning, they'll grab you. You got to get out of that hold and rescue them. Uh, you pass all that and you're a lifeguard. Mm. I mean, so it was not only important for you, like, where you spent time during the summers, where you was at, you know, people in your neighborhood. That was uh, a safe haven, man. Mm. It was a safe haven. I grew up in the gangbang 90s, man, 80s and 90s, right? And it was rough. Uh and the pool was certainly an option to kind of keep you escape, uh, escape from that. Uh, and then just, right. Just think about, um, architecturally the South and West side, right? The, a lot of those, we, we all live in bungalows and older two flats, older courtyard buildings. None of those come with air conditioning, right? So on a hot day, the pool is, is, is the refuge for everybody, uh, in, in the neighborhood. How big of a shock to the community is it when up to maybe half of the pools might not be opening? Uh, I don't want to speculate. It does appear like it was just kind of spurned on us, right? Maybe I'm not on the Park District website enough, but I certainly didn't see uh, any kind of like warnings coming across the different social media platforms saying uh, we're facing a lifeguard shortage. And to that end, it's definitely, it's definitely sad. There are certain staples that I'm used to. And so I'm used to seeing the kids in the summer uh, standing in line to go into Ogden Park's pool. And just not seeing that was was really, really eerie. Mm -hmm. I mean, and this is coming right after the city, you know, puts in a curfew for kids. They, you know, ban them from Millennium Park after a certain time. And so you're getting all of this out of one side of the mouth. We got to invest in youth. We got to invest in kids. We got to make sure they have something to do. And you got people on record like yourself and so many others talking about the importance of these pools. And and now, you know, we, we can't even keep up with that. Why is it so important for people to, to pay attention to these things happening simultaneously, right? Getting banned from one place and you can't go even to another. 
it's not only paying attention to what's happened simultaneously, but it's we got to start being able to see the tea leaves before it happens. Uh, when we have a mayor that's going through closing Chicago public schools, community activists was advocating for him not to close the schools that had swimming pools for this very reason. Uh, right, formerly uh, the Park District and the schools had a relationship to where. Uh, Park District lifeguards uh, or instructors could go to the high school and test the students or get the students into test-worthy shape throughout the school year, right? So then when the summer season is coming, you already have a ready crop of people ready and available. They've been CPR certified, this, that, and the third. And so when, you know, 10 years ago, you close all the high schools on the south side that have swimming pools, uh, you certainly should expect to, to have a lifeguard shortage. And so I, I don't want to completely blame Everything, uh, the administration today certainly should should prepare for all things, right? They should do everything they can to make the city equitable for everybody. Dilla was talking about former Mayor Rahm Emanuel, whose administration closed 50 schools in 2013, citing low enrollment. The closures disproportionately affected black and brown neighborhoods on the south and west sides. We'll be right back. I will say this, speaking of lifeguards, I was out at Calumet Beach last Friday and there was at least five or six people walking the shore line. There was, you know, four, three or four lifeguards in boats out in the lake and so the city is capable of running a, a, a tight ship if the right investments are being made. What do you think they need to do, especially with, with this time crunch happening right now, to, to address this as soon as possible? Because this shortage didn't come out of nowhere. I'll start with myself right before I beat up anybody else. What people like me need to do that are former lifeguards that. Uh, maybe work from home dads or, uh, you know, podcast hosts or whatever, right? We grab ourselves, we, we find a block of time and we go to the park district and we get certified in Red Cross uh, Life Save, the CPR and First Aid because it's a requirement every year to do that. And then we figure out a way to just donate three hours of time to wash the pool for the shorties, especially for pools that are shallow water pools, right? Windworth Gardens. And uh, again, Argyle Park on Harrison and Washington, all right? The pool doesn't go beyond four feet deep. So even my old self, maybe I won't be able to swim the time because I'm out of shape, right? But I can volunteer three, four hours, 10 hours a week to wash the pool on a hot day. I know that I could get to you in a four foot pool. I'm six foot five. I'll be able to keep children safe, right? If more of us did that in our communities, we ain't got to like beg them for certain stuff. We know that it's getting ready to be hot. We know who's going to be affected in these things. And so we need to mobilize ourselves to, you know, talking to myself, talking to a number of us that have been former lifeguards for the while or in college or swim team. Right. We, we should we should feel uh, a need to take care of our people when we see stuff like this happening. Like, OK, boom, they ain't going to do it. And the party district needs to create a space for that. Right. There needs to be a program. It's that, that you're allowing for me to go help ourselves, making city jobs more attractive. You should pay them a decent wage. It stands to reason most of what you pay them going to stay in the city anyway. Uh, I would say that's the thing. They, they, they got That wage cannot be anything close to minimum wage because it's a hard job. You're outside. 
You got people's lives at stake. That 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 thing has to. It was almost double. In, in a lot of cases, it was. It was double minimum wage uh, to be a lifeguard when I was a kid. I also think it's it's a crisis of credibility as well because it goes without saying, you know, the lifeguard or the Chicago Park District is still dealing with a longstanding sexual abuse crisis in which they were not protecting lifeguards at the beach, at the pools. And, and this went on for decades. You know, WBEZ's Dan Mahalopoulos, you know, came on the show and explained that it's led to the ouster of uh, former superintendent Mike Kelly. There has to be an understanding that, like, not only do people not feel like this is, you know, a job that's being made attractive or incentivized, but are they even going to be protected? Are you going to be held accountable, you know, to to making people feel safe and dignified at work? And, and you know, right now they got a reputation of not doing that. So there is uh, a trust issue that that occurred, particularly amongst, you know, women across, young girls, young ladies across the city, even to pursue that job. No, I, I 100% saw it. I 100% saw even the, they would administer the swim test. I was 17 watching them give preferential treatment to other 17-year-old girls because of the type of swim attire they had on. Or they were like... Um, Certain supervisors, uh, pool supervisors, would before the the any pools would open, would handpick the lifeguards they wanted for their crews, and a lot of times, uh, not for the best best reasons. And so, I'm sure that there is a a whole cohort of people who don't think anything about the the, the park districts. Uh, reputation in, in that regards. Yeah, I think just the conversation we have around public goods. It's everything from transportation to pools like these are the true back like these are true backbones of our society. And if these things are allowed to just crumble and erode, if we continue to separate ourselves from these conversations because maybe we don't access them as much in our city um, or, or, or because we don't think that they deserve the investment they need because people want to talk about them from a, a profit centered approach. Um, I think we, we really are going to do ourselves in, you know, they, they come for schools, they come for pools, they let your roads crumble. They, they let your boat, your, your buses and trains disappear off the app. You know, that, that erodes yeah. trust in the city and, and makes people not want to stay here. Especially if you want the help, right? Like if you're, you're asking for community support when the community is asking questions. You shouldn't like, you know, not want to be forthcoming with it with that information. And like I said again, treating everything like a, oh my god, this happens. Like summer comes, right? You know what your metrics are. You know what you need. You know what you hope to have. But you got to pay them more than fifteen bucks an hour. There's no way. Uh, if my kid came home was like, hey, I'm gonna get paid fifteen dollars an hour to be a lifeguard. And he can go work, you know, security overnight, watching a library, doing absolutely nothing, making 20. I'm going to tell him to go make the 20. When you talk to your kids, right, you know, this curfew going to impact some of them. Uh, and, you know, the the ban from Millennium Park and, and now pools being closed. How are you negotiating with them? What are you hearing from them when they say, like, Dad, what what I'm supposed to do? Where I'm supposed to go when, when the options are, you know, feel more and more limited or even the options they have feel surveilled? I'm answering that from a particular uh, position of privilege. So uh, I don't know if it applies, but now I, I have become my house is the de facto. And I'm happy that we're able to. Uh, so because they don't have anywhere to go, they're at my house. Right. And because um, uh, we're fortunate in a number of ways, we're able to start to we, we can, you know, 
pay for a couple Ubers and send a few to the Croc Center with the kids. And so they're they're not necessarily having to negotiate it. And we're trying to be communal and, and share our resources with their friends. But it's just it's it's way more kids walking around. Uh, I know we're coming out of the pandemic, so there are more people outside in general. But it's a lot of kids walking around that that uh, aren't as fortunate as my kids able to, you know, go kind of do something else because dad can pay for it. Shout out to Sherman Dilla Thomas, uh, a.k.a. your friendly neighborhood historian for dropping by City Cash Chicago. Means so much to me, dog. Hey, anytime, my brother, y'all be great over there, Chicago. Luckily for Dilla and Auburn Gresham, Foster Park Pool, where he swims, is actually one of the pools slated to open today. For a full list of the 37 that are opening, head to our newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. And remember, subscribe and share with your friends and family. Before I let you go, some good news to get you through. I want to wish a happy, happy birthday to the best newsletter writer there is, Sydney Madden. I want to thank you for all the work you do for our show here at CityCast and definitely for keeping me tapped in on all the breaking news throughout the day. As always, we appreciate you for listening. We'll be here tomorrow. Hope you will be too. Talk then. Peace.